TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. This is KJ and Lions. KJ Carson and John Lyons right now on WEEI. Do you plan on spending this answer? I, I know that we have uh, some some needs to fill on our major league roster. I think that there are multiple ways to get there, and our job is to take as comprehensive a look as we can at all possible paths there. Final hour. Final hour, KJ and Lions here on WEEI, 617-779-7937, text line 37937. John, that is Craig Breslow, the new man in charge, in big words, about saying, look, got to spend wisely. You, you need a translation for it? Just got to spend some more money and well, uh, actually bring in some pitchers. And this is something that with Craig Breslow, obviously he was a major league pitcher. He has two World Series rings. Uh, the 07 one, he didn't really appear, or he didn't appear at all, but he still got a ring. He has two World Series rings as a pitcher, but with the Cubs – his biggest focus was on pitching, and the Red Sox desperately need to improve their starting pitching. The quality starts this year, which is six innings or more, three runs or fewer. The uh, the Red Sox only had 47 quality starts this year, which was 25th in the MLB. I mean, they, just, they need an infusion of talent in the starting rotation, and hopefully he's the guy that can help find it. See, prudent allocation of financial resources – coupled with astute investment decisions, reflects a shrewd and sagacious approach to team management, exemplifying the art of spending wisely. He's got to spend the money right. I think that's really what it comes down to, especially when you're dealing with pitching, because you don't want to get it wrong, because all you have to do is just look over at locker number 41 and get a big look at what happens when you spend too much on pitching and things start to go downhill. So that's the only thing about saying, okay, you're going to spend to get pitching. Okay, but... Is it big name pitching? They're going to ask for big money because that's where I think baseball is going to start seeing a change where Chris Sale is going to be that picture of what it used to be like to get the big deal and kind of fall out of grace as time goes on, especially if it's not a team inside of your own organization. So this isn't like a Steven Strasburg where you're like, okay, with your injuries, we're still going to stick it out with you and you are ours, right? So no, the inheritance, Taking of pictures, I mean, look what the Yankees are dealing with with Rondon. Like, they've got to figure out what's happening there just because it's just turned so ugly and they paid big money. So I think that's the new boogeyman in Major League Baseball is the top-line pitcher asking for top-line money, giving you bottom-line results before you even get halfway into the contract. They're like the new running back. If you're the Red Sox, though, like, 
first of all, you can afford it. And second of all, you don't really have a choice. Like, what are you not going to bring in any of these guys? Like, you, they need, they desperately need good starting pitching. And this year's market, like, Yamamoto's the big name, and hopefully they can get him. But Montgomery's out there. Giolito will be out there. Like, there's Blake Snell. There's guys different ages, different cons. Like, you don't have to sign, like, a huge deal like price and then bring in a guy like sale like they did you know a few years ago and eventually sign him like you can probably sign one guy to a huge deal and then another guy to a moderate to upper deal and you would still have the two best starting pitchers on your roster coming in but see that's why i said prudent allocation of financial resources coupled with astute investment decisions is really the investment in his knowledge of the pitching landscape farm level double a triple a so there is going to be an element of high bloom there, but instead of going after Band-Aid arms, he's going to go look for fresh arms, right? It's like how people like to go to uh, like to, to farmer's markets to get their eggs versus, say, to the grocery store. The farmer's market is like, man, I just talked to the chicken yesterday. These just came down the pike. Some people, I think that might be more the route versus like, hey, the shipment is in, and I'm going to get here early and buy the ones that are at the commercial rest retail position because if you've got Chris Sale sitting right there you don't want to be like ah, let me tell you how it's done here <laughs> so that's that that would be my concern is yeah you could say all these big names but what his specialty has been has been able to find guys who have connected and who've been able to move through the ranks quickly in the in the Cubs organization other guys that he's scouted that said okay these guys are ready to perk these guys, you know, I know I can give them this for what they need for, from an organizational standpoint. He's going to have to look at young arms that want to prove themselves, that are proving themselves, versus the eggs that are fully hatched. Yeah, I think the, I the issue there, though, is look at the Red Sox farm system. I mean, is there any arms that stand out at all? Like, so we're talking about a guy who the earliest he's going to be able to get an, an, a young arm like that is either the draft next June or maybe an international free agent this offseason, a younger player, but... I don't think they have that option right now. The Cubs did have some of those options, but even the Cubs, and I know this was before Breslow's time, like they still went out and signed John Lester, and it was a big reason why they won a World Series. So, But that was I before think, his time, though. No, but I'm saying he was in that organization where they were still willing to do that. So I just don't see the Red Sox with a young enough pitching prospect or multiple young pitching prospects that are going to make it worth it and be there soon. Like That's yep. the issue. They're okay. going to have to go out and get – multiple starting pitchers, I think, outside the organization. Well, that's the thing. Name can, I mean, I don't you have to name them, but who are the well-established pitchers that, like John Lester was at that point, that are in the league now? You might say, okay, Clayton Kershaw, but he's probably going to retire. You know, so all these, some of these other guys flamed out. Madison Bumgarner was supposed to be one of those guys, flamed out when he left San Francisco. So some guys just have not hatched. Kind of what the, the conversation we have about some of the backup quarterback situations in the NFL, some of these guys that were supposed to take off with these arms really haven't. I mean, look at Alec Manoa. Like, what if yeah. you're Toronto? What do you, what's the what's the conversation you have about him? But I also don't want to be scared. Like, oh, Alec Manoa didn't work out, and Chris Sale, this was a bad deal, but so I'm not going to spend. Like, I think that's just being scared by the Red Sox. And if you look at, like, Blake Snell's 30 years old. He's a free agent. He might win, uh, or he's an NL Cy Young candidate all of last year. Like, that's a guy you get. Jordan Montgomery just pitched really well in the playoffs for the Rangers and is a good pitcher. That's a guy you get. Yamamoto's in his mid-20s. Like, it's not like there's no so, options out there, and I don't want them to just 
be scared because, oh, we signed Sale to a bad deal, so we're not going to sign any other good players. Aaron Nola is another guy. Like, There's well, a lot of guys out there they can sign to a big or even moderately big deal, and they're going to have to do it if they're going to be a competitive team next year. Yeah, but the problem with Sale is Sale is a bad deal on cheaper money than forever you're going to bring in now. But right? that, so, to me, I don't mind because if he's a, he's a bad deal, fine. Whatever. That's a sunk cost. And, it's and a, if and I it's, pay more money... And it's a cheap number. Right. But it's a cheap get, number compared. But it doesn't matter if it's a cheap number if the guy blows and he's injured all the time. Well, the new like, guy's number is not going to be low as Chris Sale. Like, but he's, he's not going to come in. he'll be any, out there every week and he'll be good. Like, if Blake Snell makes more money than Chris Sale, but he's giving you five or six innings of one-run ball every single time out there, that's worth it. Like, but it's John, a better deal. They're still paying Chris Sale. They so still got to pay him for another year. So what? Now, if you can move him, sure. But that's going to affect. Like, if, if they let Chris Sale's contract prevent them from signing a good starting pitcher on the market, that's ridiculous. So you believe they're going to spend like that where they've got pretty much walking dead money at 30 mil and then go get a guy who's probably going to want maybe 42, 43, 45 million a year to pitch? And you got one guy that you're hoping shows up to pitch and you got to depend on this other guy who you just paid the money on. That's why I say there might be a cautious walk. Okay, Yamamoto, if you can get a good franchise acquisition fee and then negotiate a good number, sure. But I think that's going to be a bidding war because sometimes bidding wars step up when they know that other people are desperate for your services. So if you're the Yankees, you know the Red Sox are desperate for services, so you may just get into that race just to jack up the price. So again, this is why I think that Breslow's specialty isn't going to be like Bloom, where it's like, hey, in Tampa, we just put relievers together and made a starting unit and just kind of like, you know, bullpen day every day. He's going to go find some of those guys that are perking or he knows are about to perk, and they may be organizations that say, you know what, we, don't, we might be top-heavy at the major league level. There might be someone in the Angels organization where they say, you know what, either if we can't get rid of all these guys we have here, we're going to have to start peeling off some of our younger guys to start – either making a move for now or or just looking at just biting that cost. So I think he's going to find some of those guys that maybe are just under the surface. In exchange, I mean, like Bobby Dahlbeck is greatly available. Like I'm sure he would be great in Oakland. You know, like he's got to be able to sell off potential that has bubbled, like your, your Wongs, your Dahlbecks, those guys that you'd have a conversation about, like how do you, you you'd be willing to move them. They just have to be exciting to a team that's probably either, either overspending or not trying to spend at all. The uh, the issue, though, to me, or not the only issue, but going into next year, right now, and I know the offseason really hasn't started yet, but going into next year, and correct me if I'm wrong, I can only think of one starting pitcher the Red Sox have I have confidence in, and it's Brian Bayo. Because yeah. even as good as Paxton was, he's got a big injury history. We know sales injury history. They really didn't have any starters beyond that last year consistently. So they only have one starting pitcher going into next year that they I could really feel good about. They could have had two, but he just won the last game of the World Series a couple days yeah, ago. Yeah, no kidding, right? Then I, then, they, then they would only need to <laughs> sign one, KJ. We'd be in a better that, spot. Right. 617-779-7937. Text line 37937. KJ and Lions, W-E-E-I. Let's go to Ralph and Cranston, man. Ralph, thank you so much for your call. Good Saturday to you. Hey, guys. Same to you. Um, look, if Breslow comes in and it's the same mentality and same Kennedy is just going to sit there and say, look, you know, we want good value. We don't want a high payroll. That's not going to work there, too. But, you know, you mentioned sale. Sale was the ultimate swindle. Sale and his agent both knew he wasn't right. At the time, that was a pretty 
heavy salary. But they knew he wasn't right. And, and the Red Sox, instead of using their brains, knowing he missed the last two months except for that one inning he pitched in the World Series, should have been cautious. And he wasn't at the stage. He wasn't going to walk. And, you know, the funny thing is, did they learn you don't sign free agents that have injury problems? We heard Story had a banana problem. We heard that when they were they're thinking of signing him. So they kind of desperately said, look, we have to do something. So you sign Story. You need value. If you're going to go after pitcher, and i got to tell you guys, I might look at one big starter rather than a couple of mediocre guys. Look at one big starter, but stay away from injury problems. And, and, and ERA is low, but you have the mentality. I hope the culture has changed here, and it's not going to be what they said. Look, we've won four championships. Now let's have a nice business thing go because they're businessmen now. They, they own a what do they own a hockey team? They they own a, a soccer team. They're businessmen. A wonderful parking garage. Show, yes. Yeah. If they don't want to show that they're going to change this and go out and be a high market, what's the sense of being in a big market if you're not going to spend money? But don't spend it foolishly. They have, you know, going back to the Pedroia contract, they, I mean, Pedroia was on his way down. They, they saddled themselves six years of salary. You That's a loyalty thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but still, you know, the mentality now has to be, Forget that, you know, let, let's be cheap and let's forget that. If they're going to do that, this is not Tampa Bay. Breslow is not going to work with Bloom did. Ralph, thanks for the call. Yeah, I'm not saying go find, you know, fill in the blank of whatever name you want to, that, that, that strolled through here for five minutes. That, AJ Carson. I didn't let, stroll let through. KJ at the, the front of the rotation. That might be more than what they got out of some of their guys this year. No, here's the thing, right? If you know that you have someone developing Bay, uh, developing Bayo. You probably want to say, can you go find a one that, you know, that kind of pushes that you feel like, okay, one, two, you definitely have a chance to take two out of three games in a series. Three, four, if it's a four game series, maybe you split. But those first two games, considering how the, you know, how things land on what. Yeah, you probably like, that's why I say you almost kind of swung and missed with the Evaldi situation, right? Because if you had Evaldi here, then pretty much you're working with the same numbers that existed before. You would still have the same Chris Sale problem, but now going into next year, you don't need some big banger to complete the t- the rotation. You're now saying, hey, if we can go get a third starter, right? like if you can get a third starter, now you're not talking as much money and all these different things, but because of, I think because really of that one deal, now you have to go get two or three guys versus going to get one, as you just mentioned. Uh, 617-779-7937, text line 37937. KJ and Lions will talk about the Patriots' upcoming game tomorrow with Washington, plus one of the best, it may be even title-worthy, John, parodies about Bill Belichick's restart. That's in 30, but right now it's time to trend with Justin Turpin. We're back to KJ and Lions on WBDI. Driving for... TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. 
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame. Two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice cold reward. Modelo, the Markable Fighter. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Getting better and working together and communicating and um, figuring out how to win by week versus looking at the grand picture. You know, just look at the week. What do we need to do? How do we practice to do it and then go out there and, and have fun and do it on Sunday? KJ and Lions, WEEI, 617-779-7937. Text line 37937. Mac Jones. Got to get it together tomorrow, John. They're a two-and-a-half-point favorite. The line is down from three. What that tells me is that odds makers don't believe that the Patriots can beat <laughs> the, the the commanders. Commanders do come in the game with a better record and uh, putting up more points. So I can kind of see it. Right, that home team gets two and a half. They Vegas does not think that home team can win. Right, three is the standard. Right, so yeah. right if you're not getting the three at home, because if you say three at home, they're like they're factoring that you're the home team. But now they're saying, hey, even though you're the home team, the line is coming down, and that's scary because I think this Patriots team. These next three weeks, well, it starts with tomorrow, but these next three weeks will determine the, the the taste in the mouth of the fan base for the rest of the season. I could care less if they beat Kansas City by 50 with Taylor Swift in the audience. It still would only give you like a fourth win potentially for the season. But, I, John, we were talking earlier this week just in conversation. Like, could you rank the receiver room for the Patriots right now? Like, they can't be on the injured reserve. Rank... The receiver room. <laughs> yeah, well, I think it's pretty pretty clear to me right now their best receiver, the guy at the top of that list, is a sixth-round rookie, Demario Douglas. And he's got 19 catches, 222 yards. And I know he had that fumble against Miami, but he was huge in that game against Buffalo that you won. I think he's been the best guy as far as separating and getting into space and catch-and-run guy that you've had all year if you're the Patriots. So, I mean, right, this is a guy that, I mean, I liked the pick when they made it. Did I expect him to be their best receiver in November? No, but I think right now, I mean, this guy, I, I don't care. To me, he's pretty clearly the best guy. He flashed to me the same way that Ramondre Stevenson did last year, right? Remember Ramondre Stevenson had to fumble in the first game last year. Bill made him inactive for like three weeks and then came back, and now he's a bona fide NFL running back. I think that's the same thing with Demario Douglas where – where everything out there, everything else out there seems very slow, he seems extremely fast. Now, the crazy thing is, if you put him next to other guys on other teams, I mean, you know, is he faster? It's like the old black high-top sneakers argument would make people think you ran slower than you really did. But I'm with you. I would have Demario Douglas as number one right now in the receiver room. And again, folks, it can't be anybody who's on injured reserve 
right now. Yeah, and or, I want to be clear that uh, yes. after Demario Douglas, I would take all of their tight ends over the rest of the <laughs> you receivers. You can't do that. I know, it's I know. the I'm receiver just, room. Just being clear, if we're yeah. throwing the ball, I take them. No, the next guy to me, and it's Slim Pickens after this, right, KJ? Because Devontae Parker's out, so he's not, I'm not Slim including Slim Pickens, him. when can he get here? You know, is, he, is he related to George Pickens? I you wish. <laughs> Juju Smith-Schuster is probably going to be the second guy right now. And I don't feel good saying that, but like Kendrick Bourne's mm. out. Devontae Parker's not going to play tomorrow. So, I mean, the second best receiver they probably have for tomorrow's game is Juju Smith-Schuster, a guy who he caught a touchdown last week, but so far through two months has 15 total catches. You know what fa- What it feels like choosing who the second person in this receiver room as we're ranking them? It feels like someone has just cooked fish in the microwave here at work. Oh, like that happened downside. to me the other day, by the oh, way. That I was is having the- a lunch break at work, and someone <laughs> heated up fish, and it took a solid five or six minutes to get the smell out of there. It was not, not great. That That's Juju Smith-Schuster at number two. I, I just don't know what the energy is between him and the team and what's going on. Like, look, this is a tough market Everybody's going to say what's on their sleeve. They're going to tell you GFY more than once about certain things. And so when you see... Now, here's what's crazy. <laughs> the guy he replaced, Jacoby Myers, just had his head coach and GM fired. Right, So the guy who you would think that would be here and still be Max kind of security blanket, you probably see increased production for sure and probably a more fluent offense. He's in a bad situation out in Vegas and probably like, damn. I, I really wish I had stayed, but yeah, Schuster is the second best receiver. Yeah. And Myers, in the room by right the now. way, has more than four times the amount of receiving yards as Smith Schuster. So. Yeah, 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 this is, Whoa. and that's your number two. Yeah. So now this is going to be interesting because as as the fish has already been lit up in the microwave, you still have to find who's three. And so far, we're both on the same page with one and two. So I think three to me, I, I kind of did this as default. Tyquan uh-huh. Thornton, just because he's got speed. <laughs> but he was a healthy scratch last week. And I, I yeah. what I would like to see, and we can get into this a little more coming up, but yeah. Kayshawn Booty should be playing. Like, I want him active tomorrow, and I want him playing and getting NFL experience. Some more NFL experience, right? It's not like we're asking for a guy to get his debut in, or is he ready now? It's like we've seen him out there. Not getting and, his feet down. We did see right, that. Yeah. Right. And, 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 and look, I get it, but that's why they're called rookie mistakes. Right. Right, because if that's the case, then you didn't bench Gasecki, you know, for 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 you know, not pushing himself for further yardage after you know, you know, after the Cole Strange play, you know, for the toss back, you know, to Cole Strange. Right, those guys don't get benched for those mistakes. So, if they're rookie mistakes, then let them be rookie mistakes. Now, the other side of that is, and this is what we don't necessarily see, is how are they responding to the mistakes, and is it in a positive manner? Right, are they? Are there is is it head down and getting work or is there a bit of sulking? These are things that we just don't operationally know. But think about it: if Boutte is in there next week, the conversation may be, and this is the honest truth, the top two receivers for the Patriots are both six rounders. Yeah, it's funny you say that because when I was developing this list, preparing for the show, I'm like, if Kayshawn Booty has a good game, he's probably going to be number two. <laughs> you know, I, really, because I, I was I was like, yeah, because Parker might miss more than one week. Bourne's going to be out. Smith Schuster's been right. nothing for them. So. And Thornton, like I mentioned, you mentioned George Pickens earlier. Man, would I love to have George Pickens on this team instead of Tyquan Thornton. He was a healthy scratch last week. The fastest guy on your team, maybe the fastest guy, you know, in not, uh, yeah, I guess on your whole team. I was going to say on your offense, but yeah, really the fastest guy on your whole team when you don't have enough speed on offense was a healthy scratch. Yeah. And yet he's still probably three to me. So if Booty, I like, I think Booty should play because <laughs> he's got a lot of talent. And I know he made the mistakes week one, 
But Bill Belichick said this week was Booty's best week of practice of the year. I want him out there. I want him getting reps. And if he has a good game, we'll do this again uh, in a week or two, and he'll probably be second on my list. Yeah, it's, I think it's one thing to say it was his best week of practice when you have nobody else to put out there, really. <laughs> like, like that's. I mean, it, I've never seen numbers this low regarding the Patriots when it comes to offense. 14th in passing attempts, 20th in yards, 20th in touchdowns. 23rd in interceptions, which isn't bad because, I mean, hey, <laughs> you know, yards average 24th, rushing 26th, 28th in yards, 21st in touchdowns, 28th in yards. It's worse than it was last year. And I didn't which is think it's pretty it could, stunning. If you, right. Like, to just like take, take a step back and be like, okay, their offense with mostly the same players and a much better offensive coordinator right. is actually worse than it was. Like, like that's that's stunning, really. Well, you say that it's interesting that you say that because like let's because the clocks go back like on their own. Like you don't have to suddenly go and change a bunch of clocks anymore. Like your phone does it for you, your computer does it for you. So a year from last year to now, if you could roll back the clock on anything, what would you adjust the time on? So I'm going to go away from the Patriots on this. To me, it's the Bruins. First round of the playoffs, they should have played Jeremy Swayman in either games five or six, and then I think they win that series and ultimately win the Stanley Cup. And the sad thing is, KJ, when it comes to one move we could turn back the clock on, we have a lot of options from the last year. Yeah. So I'm going to stick with the Patriots. Initially, I would have said Bloom, but let's not pile on to what ended up being the end result, right? I would say if you rolled back the clock, go back to last year when Mac Jones came back and was pulled from that uh, from that Bears game, I would have let him stayed in that game to really kind of eat your porridge because now you're seeing it, right? Last year, you didn't keep him in the game. You pulled him. This year, Dallas, you, you pretty much keep him in there for, for 75% of the game. You do the same thing with the, with the Saints game as well. You're just like, you know what? Oh, let me just get out of here. So I, I would have liked to have seen him go through it so that way you would know what your mess looks like, what it smells like, and that it came from you. That was yeah. such a bizarre game, too. Like, And right. I agree with you. Like, I would have either left him in or yeah. just not played him at all and had right. one more full week of Zappy, and then you go back to Mac Jones and start fresh. But that was like – look, I know they said that that was part of the plan. I, I don't think, think it was. I think they And I talked to somebody at the time yeah. who was – kind of connected to the organization, we'll say. And they said it was, no, the Patriots just panicked and took Mac out after that well, pick. And I think well, that's exactly what happened. But I think what goes before it was him coming off of the high ankle sprain, right? Right. Like, it felt like he came back a week early. I remember at the time I was saying here, hey, let Zappy play the Bears game. Be ready for the Jets game. It's a conference game. It's a confidence game. It's a team that, you know, has historically just laid down to the Patriots. You would want to come back with a win, versus coming back and not being sure against the defense that could get in your face, and the defense may struggle against a mobile quarterback, and that's exactly what happened. So I would roll back that time and say either don't start Mac Jones in that Chicago game or let him go through the entire growing pains of that game because let's say let's say you keep him in there the whole, the whole game. Maybe it doesn't get as bad as it did in the Dallas game. Yeah. Maybe it doesn't get as bad as it did in the Saints game. Maybe it doesn't get that bad because you've seen it already. And, I, and that's what I've been saying about Mac Jones is he hasn't been able to see mistakes made unless he stood in the mirror. And that's I think sometimes that's what new quarterbacks, when they come to the league, get behind a guy to see who might be tailing off in their talents but can still do some things right. But the reason why we drafted you is because 
the wrong things are coming, are going to come in the game. And he hadn't had a chance to see that, and that might have been one of those chances for him to say, okay, I'll never want to have that feeling of game that, that I had in that Chicago game. Because even then, you could, people's like, well, maybe you should have waited a week, or maybe you should have gone, you stayed with Zappy. So there were built-in excuses. I just say, stay in that mess, and it prepares you for things down the road. Yeah, and I know I picked a Bruins one, but if we, yeah. just as a Patriots one, how about not signing DeAndre Hopkins? I'd love to roll back and sign him. He's got 35 catches already this year. He's on pace for a 1,000-yard season. That receiver room ranking we just made would look a hell of a lot different if they had DeAndre Hopkins at the number one spot. And I look, I'm not saying he'd be here and they'd be 6-2 and two instead of 2-6, and six, but I think if DeAndre Hopkins is here, maybe you win that week one game against the Eagles because he makes a play or two down the stretch that puts you over the top, right? Maybe, maybe you win that week two game against Miami, and your season just looks a lot different if you have a guy like that. Yeah, but you haven't. Did you read the the DeAndre Hopkins Sports Illustrated article from about three years ago? No. Oh, you have to read that. That's why I made all the jokes. That's why I made the parody song about like DeAndre Hopkins just came for the visit. Grandma or Ma probably said, "Go forgive that man. You don't have to say anything. Just be nice. Be in his presence again. The Lord takes care of these things, and you don't have to sign with the team. And it'd be more painful for them than it will be for you." Yeah. yeah if you for those who've read that Sports Illustrated article, oh wait a minute, I think I have. Sorry, yeah, is that the yeah. one about like Jack Easterby too, and he's in it, and O'Brien and all them? This is more about like O'Brien and questioning him and the alleged term "baby mothers" and some of the friends he was hanging out with and the the, the uh, equating. To the reminding of Aaron Hernandez. Yeah, that, yeah. 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 But I think still, like, <laughs> I, I also, though, if they had just offered him the same amount of money as Tennessee or a million bucks more, he'd be here. Like, despite all his misgivings about Bill O'Brien, like, I think he's, they still could have got him and they'd be a lot better off if they did. So I'd love yeah. to turn back the clock on that one. You ever been to a cookout for a person who comes and eats the most food and all they do is bring plates? Yeah, all DeAndre Hopkins did was just, I'm just bringing some plates yeah, and napkins. Yeah. Hey, guys, I'll, I'll, gonna I'll eat. take a picture with you for Instagram, sure. There yeah, you go, yeah, right? Sure, I'm, yeah. I'm in the facilities, I'm hanging out. Yeah, I I don't think he was ever desiring to be here. Someone would say, well, why would he show up and waste his time? Sometimes revenge is best served cold in the face of someone. With Bill O'Brien, because you know Bill O'Brien had to trail and be in there. You're like, oh, what are you thinking? It's good to see you again. Yeah. Yeah, my, my, my kids and their mothers say hello to you. So you just like you, you people are petty and can be, and you just don't know how it plays out. So we may sit here and say, "Oh well, if they had offered more money, they could have br- they could have backed up the Brinks truck and still said no." I just don't think DeAndre Hopkins was going to try and embarrass Belichick as much as O'Brien probably thinking like, "Man, this would be the greatest forgiveness ever in my entire career at this point with any of my former players." So I, you know, that's the other part of it. So tomorrow. This line now coming down to two and a half. That kind of bothers me a bit. Give me one thing that has to happen for the Patriots to win this game. I think they have to hit one or two big passing plays. And I mentioned earlier, Washington's allowed 22 plays of 25 or more yards, which is the most in the NFL. They've also allowed 18 passing touchdowns, which is the most in the NFL. We've seen the Patriots really get bogged down in the middle of the field and have a lot of trouble moving because they can't take the top off the D. And I know that's a cliche, but they really can't push the ball down the field at all. And we saw against Buffalo, they didn't really hit a ton of over-the-top passing plays, but they did have some big catches and runs. Farrell Brown had one. Stevenson had one. And those were huge, especially late in that game. So I think the biggest thing they need, and there's no Montez Sweat. There's no Chase Young there anymore. They should have better protection, at least off the edges. So they need to be able to hit at least one if not two big passing plays. And I think if they do that, they can win. If they don't do that, I don't think they win. 
I think the one thing that has to happen is that the defense for the Patriots have to dominate the line of scrimmage, right? I, I think if you constantly put Sam Howell in third and longs, you have a better chance. Look, they are 32nd in rushing attempts, 27th in yards, 16th in touchdowns. So the run game is not something you have to worry about. But passing, 4th in attempts, 12th in yards, 7th in touchdowns. So it's literally, you cannot allow Eric Bieniemy's offensive system be better than Bill Belichick's defensive approach to tomorrow's game. If that happens, then to me, that's a bit of a turning point, right? Because it says that Bieniemy could beat a Belichick defense with Sam Howell and no running game. Yeah, and you wonder... I think Washington's really high on Sam Howell, and that's that's something, too. Like, if you're a Patriots fan, it's worth watching Sam Howell because he's a guy that was a Heisman Trophy candidate going into his last year at North Carolina, then played poorly that year, fell way down in the draft. Now he's in his second year playing well. You would probably want to hope that Mac Jones could have a similar trajectory and that he falls down in his second year here, doesn't play that great early this well, plays badly early this year and can bounce back and play really well. So if you're hoping for something, it's actually in a weird, I, I never thought I'd say this, KJ, that Mac Jones can take a little lesson from Sam Howell. Whoa, but the whoa. Washington and Washington's <laughs> offense, though, you mentioned the passing game. Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson, like they have some real weapons in that passing game. So this Patriots secondary. Curtis Samuel out tomorrow. Yeah. yeah yeah, but this Patriots secondary that you know had an interception against Josh Allen, had another one against Tua last week. They're gonna get tested, and they're gonna be able to. They're gonna have to be able to hold their own for the Patriots to win. See, here's the other part of it. You mentioned that they give up a lot of points. So, do you think that the Patriots could score thirty three? I don't know about thirty three. Okay, so, I'm gun shy to say they score over twenty nine until I see it. I so mean, watch this, right? So that's a win for Washington when they beat Denver thirty five thirty three. Do you believe that the Patriots could score 34? Yeah, I don't know. Probably not. Yeah, that was a loss for Washington 34-31, so that was close, right? Do you think the Patriots could score 38? No, I don't think so. I'd be surprised. Right. And that was a loss for them 31-38 against the Eagles, right? So you're, you, it's this is what's so great about the sport of football. It's like boxing. Matches, you know, like styles make fights. Right Here you have a high-scoring team, but yet have lost games in high-scoring games, right? They've also lost to the Giants 14-7, which is weird. Yeah, division games can be weird, right? Like the Bills lost to the Patriots. That's what some people are saying around the country. So so this is what makes this game fascinating is what style is going to prevail? Is it Eric Biennemi's tempo that's going to be able to put pressure on the defense for the Patriots? And I'm a bit concerned because you're still kind of using some mix-and-match pieces in there versus the Patriots offense that would have a chance to get into a scoring shootout with the team. We just never seen this team get into any type of scoring shootout. Yeah, and, and like they scored 29 against Buffalo. And other than that, I don't know, maybe the second quarter against Philadelphia is the only other time you had confidence in this offense yeah. to score points. So it's not like Washington, I think, will give them the opportunities. They just straight away their two best pass rushers, even with those guys. I mentioned they're giving up 22 plays of 25 or more yards, most in the NFL, all those passing touchdowns. There should be opportunities there for the Patriots, despite no Kendrick Bourne, despite no Devontae Parker. There should be opportunities there for them to make plays in the passing game. And if they don't do it, I, I don't see them winning at all. If they don't do that, if they do it, then I think they can win. But their, their opportunities are going to be that. I don't expect Washington to come in here and shut this offense down by just playing great. I think the opportunities are going to be there. The question is, KJ, can the Patriots actually take advantage of those opportunities? 
Well, the other side of that, if you're Washington, you're thinking, wow, we only have to shut down pretty much DeMario Douglas, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. if we can contain De- DeMario Douglas, then we could probably get into a situation where the Patriots would have to... And, and, and the running game has gotten better. I know I gave you numbers of how bad the running game has been. It's started to peak its head a little bit better. It's got to take advantage of it now. It's got it. So, really, the Patriots have to ball control and run and then try and force Sam Hunt into, uh, Sam Howell into making mistakes. And, 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 I'll, and I'll say this just from graduating from a school in North Carolina. Never buy stock in any quarterback who's quarterbacked at the University of North Carolina. That's why when I hear people say, maybe you go get Drake May, you will be begging for Mac Jones to come back, I think, with that situation. Mitch Trubisky and Drake May had the same QB rating at the end of their best years. Drake May's last year. Trubisky's last year. So, again, it's a conference that every week, the ACC, Sam Howell, I think he's still figuring some things out. I don't think he's the long-term answer. And I think with them having only, what, three wins at this point, they may be one of those teams that's kind of like, we could have made a play for Josh Dobbs and just kind of ran this to the ground for the rest of the year, too. So I don't know if Sam Howell is going to be the final answer for because if he can because if Bienemy can get this out of him, you know, twelfth in, in 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 passing yards, he's thinking like, man, get me someone like just a, a smidge even better. Like this may sound crazy, but if he had Mac Jones, he might say, you know what, this would be a high powered offense. It potentially could be just because of who the of who the OC is. Yeah, and I think for Bienemy. This is an interesting because he does obviously doesn't have Patrick Mahomes, doesn't have Kelsey, doesn't have Tyreek Hill, but we've seen the Patriots have success against Eric Bieniemy offenses. So I, I wonder if they're going to use something maybe similar to what they did when they used to play Kansas City. You know, obviously adapted to McLaurin and Dotson instead of you know Hill and Kelsey. I don't know, but I, I do wonder if we'll see some similar stuff than what we've seen in the past when they played Kansas City. All right, KJ and Lions, get ready to wrap things up next here on Weei. 617-779-7937, text line 37937, Halloween stories, and a parody for the Patriots. Thanks for hanging out. Odyssey app is free, and what's cool is if there are parts of the show that you like really can't stand and you wanted to point out to somebody, you can go to different chapters. You, you know that, John, right? You, you can go to the chapters in the show. Oh, yeah. So that, you so could, that, or you could you know, quote us chapter and verse, dare I say. I mean, hey, it would be biblical. Yeah, it, this is this show is kind of a revival of sorts yeah. when it shows up because I mean, revivals. It's an experience. We'll tell you that it, it is an experience. Yeah. So, did, did you do Halloween? You have, you have a young kid, right? No, I I have a dog. So you have, it's like okay. the same exact thing, right? All that, the parents no, out there, no, all the parents not. out there. No, it's it's nobody's not, you know, ever going to it, it's d- all, jail over their dog doing something wrong. It's it's all it's the exact same well, thing. No, no. So <laughs> I don't. I so where I live, it's a main road, so we don't really get trick or treaters. So <laughs> I don't. Really Which pass is good. Candy. Yeah. Yeah. I think you know. I think it's starting to wane. We didn't get any candy. We didn't. Well, I'm like one of those. Like, okay, make sure you leave the light off. I don't want to be bothered. I'm going to eat the candy myself because there's a part of me that says, I want to go buy candy that I want to give to kids that ultimately that I want to eat myself. Like it's really a greedy thing that I have that I'm trying. I'm not really trying to fight it that hard. And so my daughter, like, so her kid, the kids at her school are like, okay, they're going to kind of dress up for Halloween a little bit or whatever. So the laziest costume I put on is like, okay, you have a stethoscope somewhere around here from all the days in the hospital. Just slap that around your neck and everybody thinks you're a doctor. 
And sure enough, everybody was like, oh, Sarah's a doctor. You're a doctor. You're a doctor. I was like, oh, it's like the Arcan approach. If you saw how Arcan dressed for, for, for thanks for Halloween, like you, you just go grab something in the closet, you slap it on and put an attitude with it. And suddenly you've got something that looks ingenious. So, but that's smart. I know, you know what it, I know it must, if you're on a main road, tell me you do not hate, especially when you get snow and the plow comes by and then it turns that mush ice mix in that you've got to chop out again just to get your your suit. Yeah. And actually, believe it or not, it was when I was a kid, I grew up in a house that was on a cul-de-sac. And so the plow truck would go all the way around the (laughs) cul-de-sac and our house was at the end of the cul-de-sac and it would deposit the snow from the entire cul-de-sac at the end of our drive. Like, I'm I'm a pretty nice, chill, peaceful guy. I went on to fight some of those plow drivers. I'll tell you. So now it, I, I still deal with it now, but I can look back and say, hey, it's not as bad as when I was a kid. That was the worst. So now the newest dilemma is uh, my oldest daughter and her boyfriend are thinking about coming up for Thanksgiving driving up, and I'm trying to convince them, like, hey, book a hotel room because I don't want to have this discussion. With my wife. They're you think not they're married. listening right now? I don't care. No, I'm saying so if you're listening, book a hotel room. Right. Well, well, that's the other thing because if they book the hotel room, I'll get them tickets to that Bucks game. Yeah. Right. You know, the, the night before Thanksgiving. If they if they're adamant about staying in the house and saving money, then I'm going to save my ass some money too, and we're not going to go to that Bucks game. I'll, I'll go to the game with you. I know you would, but yeah. John. I mean, I know it's early in the relationship. I'm almost there to spend three hundred dollars to sit way up high in in in, in, in TD Garden with you, like way up in the air. Because uh, almost. I'm a loge we'll guy. Like I'm, I'm kind of a snob oh, like that. No, I, like if I, I sit uh, up in the balcony. I, I sat up money. in the balcony when it was the playoffs, and you have no choice about that. But if like I'm going to go to a game, I'm going to check the loge prices first and try and get there and possibly elevate it so that I get to look at the game like a high school coach sniffing out a player versus you know someone like oh my gosh when you look down like I went to a game sat up so high years ago. My wife was like, "This is ridiculous. You're going to hurt me." Shaq looked like the shortest guy on the on the court. That's how high up we were. So, yeah, maybe I'll think yeah. about it, John. Keep okay. that in mind. I will go with you that night. So, so before we get out of here, I had to address Belichick's restart comments from a couple of weeks ago. That the idea was there's a restart, and right now we may be looking at another restall. And so. To honor what isn't been going on this year, I present in the vein of no diggity. Hit it, Justin. You, you know, know what? what? The Pats about to miss the playoffs again. <sighs> Absolute bullshiggity, no doubt. <laughs> Need a spark from your players. Brave heart, will you players? Bullshiggity, no doubt. Oh, season sinking like a ship. Playing for a fifth year option or a top five pick, no doubt. Nothing but three and outs. Fingertips couldn't catch me wide open. Next punch the damn park and ouch. Can the offensive line stop dudes from coming through? Starting game when false starts right on cue. It's bullshiggity, no doubt. It's what I say to you. Bullshiggity, no doubt, baby. Your start ain't working. Bullshiggity. Maybe back it up, back it up, baby. Restart ain't working. Bullshiggity. Maybe pack it up, pack it up, baby. Restart ain't working. Bullshiggity. Maybe pack it up, pack it up, baby. Restart ain't working. Bullshiggity. No doubt. Oh, I 
missed the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Hearing about the Chiefs and the Bills and the mm-hmm. Dolphins this year. <laughs> Bullshiggity. I'm out. I'm out. Out. John, that seems just appealing to those who are screaming for the tank. I got to say, KJ, that's probably my favorite of your parody songs. Another I, championship one. I, Justin Justin has been here for probably, what's what, 40 of them so far? Got to be creeping up on that number. It's got to be coming up on 40. Now, John, I'm not going to sit down one, sh- one show. I'm going to take a day. going to piss Ken and Mike and all of them off and just sit here and play parody after parody. It will guarantee I will not be back at work after that. No, KJ the DJ. Right? <laughs> yeah. Well, look, well yeah, that, that's what I've been in my life. So yeah. thank you so much, John. It's always a pleasure being here with you. Uh, at the real John Lyons at Twitter. At Justin Turpin. What is it? Justin L. Turpin? Justin M. Turpin. M. Turpin, right? Follow. He's got great write-ups on the Celtics. Congrats and thanks so much for being here today. And Zach the newbie, I feel like we have a baby dinosaur egg with us today. Zach, you've done a wonderful job today. Give Zach a hand. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me. Oh, absolutely. Plus, we want to make sure you want to still be in this business because nobody wants to get a call late. Be like, can you come work? Like, where's Zach? Have a great Saturday. We'll talk to you again. Go Patriots. Go Bruins. Go Celtics. (laughs) LSU Alabama tonight, too. I'm fired up for that. (laughs) Go Celtics. You're absolutely right. Have a great Saturday. See you. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's better over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. A left 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.